You're listening to the Church on the Move Roswell podcast. We hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Thanks for listening. Let's check it out. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 12, it says this, Your hearts can soar with joyful gratitude. Everybody say, joyful Joyful. gratitude. Gratitude. Man, there's a difference between uh, kind of uh, being thankful but having a joyful thankful. You know, God wants us to have a joyful gratitude. There's a difference. Uh, You know, the combination of that is unbeatable. You know, it's like giving somebody a gift, and they're just so excited and happy and that they received it. They're like, thank you, thank you. Man, this is awesome. Thank you. You know, that's the kind of joyful gratitude God wants us to have. And what about? He said, when you think of how God made you worthy to receive the glorious inheritance freely given to us by living in the light. The light of what? The light of God's word, the light of God's truth, the light of God's eternity that he's already placed inside of us. The light of knowing that our sins are forgiven, man, that we're on our way to heaven, and that in this life, it's not all humdrum. It's, you know, we're going to have to overcome some stuff. That's just part of it, but that makes us stronger. Even that makes our life better. Overcoming stuff makes our life better because we become stronger. We become tougher spiritually, mentally, physically. We become tougher when we overcome. We become more patient. We grow in endurance. We grow in strength. We grow in courage. We grow in faith when we overcome. And that we have, so we have this overcomer's life here on earth, and we get to serve the one who's overcome everything. And he, he gives us those victories and helps us overcome. God doesn't just leave us alone to our own devices. He said, man, I'm sending my spirit. I've sent my word. I've, you've got everything you need. He said, I've given you all that you need that pertains, that involves life and godliness. I've given it to you, all of it. All of it. I've already given it to you. You're not, you're not waiting to get it. God's already given it. When you receive Jesus as the Lord, you received it right then. All of it. Now it's just a matter of, of, of studying the word and finding out what's all inside of you and what God has for you. And so he says, man, when you think about what God has done for you, there should be a joyful gratitude. You say, well, pastor, I'm going through some stuff that, man, is not good. But, hey, that, does, that shouldn't change that. If you trust God that he's going to come through, that you're going to overcome, that it's going to get better, then, you, you know, you you, ha- you still have a joyful gratitude. Even through tears, you can be joyful and have gratitude. You know, I, I've, I've done the toughest thing anybody's uh, ever done, and some of many of you have done the same thing, and that's bury someone you love. That's the toughest thing. To me, that's the hardest thing of all. But I still have a joyful gratitude even thinking about that, just thinking about my mom and my, my dad and my sister being in heaven. There's something, man, when I meditate on that, there's a joyful gratitude in me like, wow, I can't imagine what my mom, my, what my sister and my dad, they didn't have a great relationship, and so I can't imagine the relationship they have now. 
And, and I just can't imagine my father who was saved late in life. He knew little of what to expect. You know, we all study the word and we have some expectation and some knowledge of what to expect. But he had none. That he just, I can't imagine the joy in him that he even made it. You know, the Bible says some are going to make it, but they're going to smell like smoke. Man, you smell smoke, it's probably my dad. Exactly, Shannon. At least he made it, but he made it. I believe he made it. He accepted Jesus Christ the Lord, and he meant it. He didn't play like that. He would have never done it. He'd have never prayed or said the words or done any of it uh, if he didn't believe it. He's he just not that kind of person. And so, man, there's just a, even a joy in that, knowing they're in heaven, knowing I'm going to see them again. I mean, there's even a joy in that. Nothing can defeat us. I said nothing can defeat us. God, God said, if I'm for you, who could be against you? Then he says this, he has rescued us. You know you're rescued. And he said, rescued us completely from the tyrannical rule of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom realm of his beloved son. You know, one of the prayers I pray on a regular basis over my family and over your families, over our church family, is this, that, man, Jesus Christ, you're the Lord of our life. Sin, sickness, and death cannot lord over us because you're the Lord. And we've been delivered from the tyrannical kingdom of darkness. And we live now in the kingdom of freedom, the kingdom of light, the kingdom of your son, the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that every day. And so he said, we, he has rescued us completely from the tyrannical rule of darkness has translated us into the kingdom realm of his beloved son. For in the son, I love this. All, everybody say all. all. All our sins are canceled. Canceled. What does he mean by canceled? You mean they're forgiven? Not just forgiven. You have to understand, forgiven in God's kingdom doesn't mean just like, uh, okay, okay, I forgive you, but I'm always going to remember. That's not God's kingdom. That word canceled means he says he not only forgives us, but he said, I take your sins and I throw them into the sea of forgetfulness. I mean, he cancels them. Like, he not only forgives, he, he's the only being in the universe, because he's God, that could actually choose to forget. I, I say amen. I say, I'm with you. I, amen. I'm so glad. He cancels, he canceled our debt. He canceled it. If he still remembers it, then we still have sin on us. So he has to not only forgive, but forget it and cancel it and, 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 and throw it into the sea of forgetfulness. He says, I cast it as far as the east is from the west. You know there's no end to the east is from the west. That means it's infinity away, away from him, and he remembers it no more. Oh, man, that's such good news. He said, for, the, for in the Son, all our sins are canceled, and we have the release of redemption through his very blood. So we've been, not only is our sin canceled, but we've been released and redeemed and purchased into the kingdom of heaven, and now we can claim our citizenship in heaven right now. That's what I love about God. We're not just sitting there, you know, twiddling our thumbs, waiting for heaven to come. No, 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 no. Heaven, we, we're already citizens of heaven. We're already saved. We already have eternal life inside of us. It's already ours. Our inheritance, we've already inherited the kingdom of God by the blood of Jesus. 
And God said this. He said, listen, you overcome the world, your flesh, your own flesh, and the devil by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So what should be our testimony? Father, we're joyfully grateful that you did all of this for us. Every day, we're joyfully grateful. And we're also joyfully grateful, not only is heaven our home, but here on earth, we're ambassadors of your kingdom. You've, you've given me an ambassadorship to carry it around that I'm someone that doesn't just pray, but my prayers get answered. And when my prayers don't get answered, I keep seeking to find out why. And then I change whatever I need to change. I do whatever I need to do. You know, I was praying today, and, man, I was just casting. There's so many prayer requests I get. I get uh, all day long, I get prayer requests, prayer requests, prayer requests. And I love praying for those things, and I pray for them. I want you to know, when I hear about something, I pray immediately. I stop what I'm doing, and I begin to pray right then so I don't forget, and that I actually, you know, I'm reading it, and my heart's in it. And so, but then I was praying today, just kind of casting a lot of the care of people in the church on God as I'd prayed for people for, for, for some time uh, by name and just people's different circumstances and situations. And, man, I was casting the care of my children on them, and one particular child was just on my heart. And I'm like, Lord, come on, man. And he's like, just cast it on me. Just do it. And I'm like, okay, Lord, you said cast my cares on you because you care for me. So I did it. I said, okay, Lord, I cast him on you. And as soon as I did it, he spoke. I heard him speak to my spirit. He said, he said, listen, he said, I got him. I got him. It's not that he's in sin or nothing like that. He's just trying to figure some things out. And, you know, like kids do, young people do. But man, I, he just like, I got him. He said, this is what he told me. He said, I'm working my plan. Trust me. Listen, that's how God is. I said, that's how God is. If you'll trust him to do it. And I, man, I felt such a release as a, as a father. Um, man, I felt such a release like, man, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, I got you. You know, we have God. And God's got us. He's got us and we've got him. And we, man, guys, I just would like to see our community uh, uh, in our church family just operate with more joy uh, and in life, just in life, just in life, just at home and at work and just in your life, just operate with a little more joy and not be down and out. Man, we've got everything to be grateful for. Loved ones that have passed are in heaven. Man, we're going to see them again. They're in heaven. They're having a blast, man. They're, they're having a great time. It's heaven. And, you know, so we can move on. We can say, okay, man, we know where they're at. They're alive. They're not dead. They're alive in heaven, and we can move forward. We can just keep on going. We're going to move, because every day we move closer to seeing them. And so we're moving closer to them, not further away, even though we might miss them. We're still moving closer to him, not further away. And so even in those situations and other circumstances of life, you know, they're talking about prices going up again and interest rates and all this stuff. You know what, guys? When you operate in God's economy, you don't have to be concerned about that. Don't have to worry. Don't worry about it. If you operate in God's economy now, you got to operate in God's economy, what Pastor Sergio was talking about. you got to operate in God's economy. 
You know, this is how smart God is. So the, the, the children in the first church gave away, sold. They started selling everything, give, not just to the church, but to each other, taking care of each other, you know. And that was a supernatural move of God, and I'll tell you why. They did it. I'll tell you why they did it, why God operated that way in the first church. Because God knew the Romans were coming. It wasn't too long after all this took place, the Romans came and destroyed the temple and took all their property. Well, guess what? They didn't own any property. They sold it all. And they had the money in their pocket, and the church had money, and, they, and, and part of the reason the Romans came was because the body of Christ was supposed to scatter and go preach the gospel to the world, and they were staying in Jerusalem because they had, they had like five, six, seven, eight thousand, ten thousand. I don't know how big a church they had. It was massive, the church. And so it was prospering, and everybody was getting along, and they were selling stuff and taking care of each other, and, and man, had plenty for everybody, and man, and they were, they were real comfortable. And they weren't supposed to be doing that. They were supposed to be going. So God moved supernaturally and caused them to begin to sell everything. So when the Romans come, they had nothing to take. The unbelievers got everything taken away from them. The believers had the money in their pocket, and they went and did what they were supposed to do, and they scattered throughout the world and started preaching the gospel everywhere. God, when, God, when you operate by God's economy, and <laughs> you do what he says to do, it's a whole different thing. You don't operate by the world's economy. All the rest of the people there lost everything. They didn't lose nothing. They had nothing. To, they had already sold it. They'd already had the money. They just picked up with the money in their pocket and took off. They sold. They sold high. They sold high, like you should. Bought low, sold high. Before all this happened, before the Romans came and did that. And so, guys, when you operate by God's economy and you tithe and you honor God and you're generous and you do what God tells you to do with your finances, you steward it well, I'm telling you, it won't matter what the world does. You're going to be all right. Matter of fact, you'll not just be all right. If you'll believe God and get in faith, you'll prosper. When the world's suffering, we'll prosper. Man, I hope you believe it because we're, you're, you're about to find out if you believe it. I'm not joking. You're about to find out if you believe it. And, and I'm telling you right now, don't live in regret. Get involved in God's economy right now. Because you can't trust this one. You never could. Never trust the world, what they do with money. You know, big banks, big pharma, big whatever, big tech. Man, they all playing games. Why? Because they don't know Jesus and they could care less about God. What they care about is themselves. And so you, you don't put your trust in them, put your trust in the kingdom. And why? Because God's economy is good anywhere and everywhere. He'll do supernatural stuff. When everybody else is suffering, you'll, you'll, be, you'll have plenty. Well, pastor, give me an example. Well, there, there was a, 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 Elijah had spoke that there'd not rain, and it didn't rain for three years, and there was a famine, and people were dying. He shows up. And this widow who'd, who'd honored God, she must have honored God her whole life because he sent her specifically. Uh, she sent, he sent, God sent her to him and him to her specifically. I mean, it was 
specifically this person. So she must have honored God with her life because God sent the prophet directly to her. And man, every time she, the rest of the economy wasn't working well. But every time she dipped her hand in her oil, every time she lift, dipped her hand in her flour, she had plenty of food. It would just kept coming out and coming out and coming out and coming out and coming out. Then another time, a, a woman had her husband die, and she was going to have to sell off her children to pay his debts. She's going to have to sell her kids. And she went to the prophet and said, hey, man, I, I don't want to sell all my children. And he said, well, I'll tell you what you do. Go gather a bunch of jars. Go get as many jars as you can gather. And then with what you have, start pouring. So she, he, and, and it says her husband was an honorable man. Her husband was a man of God. And so uh, this, is why, this is how God took care of his family after he had gone on uh, and died. And so she, she, she uh, gathered as many pots as she could and started pouring from the one pot she had. She ended up filling every pot she had. I guarantee you, at the last drop, she probably thought, we didn't gather enough pots. But it said she paid off all her debt. And she lived, her and her children lived on that probably generational wealth. Why? Because when you operate by God's economy and you honor God, you, you, get to, you get to partake of his economy when things are bad for everybody else. Ah, oh, come on. Some of you aren't believing me. You think I want your money. I don't want your money. God wants your heart. Where your money is is your heart. That's where your heart is. That's not even in my message. I said, that's not even in my message. I prayed my tongue would be a ready writer tonight, writing on the hearts of people. I'm trying to prepare those watching online. God bless you. Glad you're with us. Those that are here, uh, man, I'm so excited you're here. But listen, God wants to write some things on your heart that you'll remember and that you'll hang on to that will help you through difficult moments. And I don't want you to wait. Listen, one of my great things is, as I've gotten older, is I hate living in regret. I don't want to regret not doing this. I don't want to regret not doing that. I don't want to regret, you know, doing this. Or, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to live in any regrets. And so, man, when you start to think and live like that, man, you start, thinking, you start thinking strategically. You do things very intentionally for God. You do things very intentionally according to the word. And man, when you live like that, God begins to bless. He begins to move. He begins to react to your prayers. He said, if my word lives in you and you live in me, when you pray, I'll answer your prayers and your joy will be full. You'll be full of joy. Listen, everybody's full of joy when their prayers are answered. And, they, and everybody wants answered prayer. They don't want the first part, that the word of God is living in them. What does it mean to be the word living in me? It means that it's, it's how I live. It's alive in me. And because that's what's alive in me, that's how I think. That's how I speak. That's how I act. That's how I conduct my life according to the word. And I'm not perfect at it. So when you're not perfect at it, what you do according to the word is you repent. Repent doesn't mean to apologize to God. It means to say, God, I'm willing and able and right now I want to change. Help me change. Help me grow. Help me move forward. God will always honor that. That. He'll honor a life live like that. And when his words alive in you, things start to happen. Good things start to happen. You start overcoming obstacles and problems. And even when you're in the problem, you still have a joy. Even when you're in the problem, there's still a joy. Why? Because you trust God that somehow, some way, he'll turn this around for good.
He promised, I'll turn everything around. He said, I'll turn all things, everything around for your good. For those, he's got two stipulations. Those who love me, those who love me is the first one. That's the first one. Those who love me and are called according to my, my word. What does it mean to be called according to his word? It means that you're actually a called out one. That you've, you've heard the, the, the Jesus and the Spirit of God dealing with your heart to submit your life to the Lord. And you've actually, you don't only love God, but you've stepped out and said, God, I'm serving you. My life, my, I'm living a life of serving you. And when we do those two things, he said, I'll turn all things around for your good. Ah, oh, man, he said, I'll turn. The worst situation, he'll turn around for good. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. The next Sunday series I'm, I'm going to start here, it's going to be a few weeks. It's called Hope Against Hope. I tell you, get ready. My goodness. The Word of God is, God's, God's the God of all hope. Did you know that? He's the God of all hope. No one has a hope without God. He's the God of all hope. What is hope? A confident expectation that God is going to do something good. And so, man, we're going we're gonna to get deep into that. And so, you know, in saying all this, I, I got to get to my message. We got to get over to my message. And so we've been talking about warrior, right? Uh, we, we had number one, uh, the world thinks uh, me first, Christian warriors think kingdom first. Kingdom first. The world thinks struggle, Christian warriors think war. There's a difference. Those who struggle never win. Those who go to war, they get victories. Number three, that we started this one last week, the world thinks survival, the warrior thinks brave. We're not survivors. We have courage. We have bravery. Go with me to 1 Corinthians 16. 1 Corinthians 16. Verse 13. It says this. Remember, remember, stay alert and hold firmly to all that you believe. Be mighty and full of courage. You know, church family, the good news is we have God on our side, okay? And that no matter how dark it gets in the world, God will take care of us. I just want you to hear that before I say the next thing I'm going to say. Because people are going to really grab a hold of the next thing I, I say. And I don't want you to grab a hold of it. I'm just trying to prepare you for it. The Bible tells us as the end times grow closer, the world's culture is going to get worse. So things, the, the world is, they're thinking at levels of evil that, I mean, they're, they're thinking of ways to be evil. You know, the Bible said in the last days, they will invent ways of evil, invent. And I, I remember when I first uh, got a hold of that scripture about the end times, that I, uh, someone had told me, a trucker had told me that, that guys who drive trucks that take meth or uh, in, in different forms of crack and that kind of stuff, that they, there are people at truck stops that collect their urine, melt it down, and get the meth or crack out of it and then resell it. I mean, that, I'm thinking, that is who? What level of evil do you have to be in to think of that? I mean, and then I thought about this scripture, that they'll think of ways to do evil. Right now they've got, what, uh, fentanyl that looks like candy. And they've found some in Roswell. Fentanyl that looks like candy. It looks just like candy. 
And they're passing it over the border. China is shipping it to the cartels in Mexico, and the cartels are shipping it to us. They're in league. Evil is partnered up to do more evil. And 300 young people a day, 300 people a day are dying from fentanyl overdoses. But you don't hear anybody in the world say anything about it. You know why? Because they're all part of it in some way or another. And so, guys, they're inventing ways to do evil. They're inventing things. But God, that's why we need, God said he'd give us witty inventions for good. We need to be pressing in, not far, uh, pulling away from the things of God. You know, I, I speak to people, and I, I tell them this same thing all the time. They come for me with counsel, and I'll say, listen, I'm going to give you the counsel of the Word. I'm going to tell you what the Word of God says. I, I'm not going to give you my opinion. If you want my opinion, I'll give it to you, but I'm going to tell you that's my opinion. Other, uh, but anything, I want, I want to go to the Scripture. Let's go to the Word. And I've given people the Scriptures, and I always say to them, and probably I shouldn't say this, but I say, you know, I say this to everybody. I give, I give people the same counsel because it's the same Word. Do the Word, do the Word, do the Word. And about, I'd say, 75% of them walk right out of there and don't do the word. They do what they want to do. And they end up in trouble. About 25%, they're like, you know what? I'm going to do the word. And they get the results. And so I'm hoping tonight that you'll do the word. You'll be in that 25% that do the word and not just ignore what the Spirit of God is saying to our church tonight. What he's saying to you tonight, it's time to get serious about doing the word. You know, I shared with someone the other day that when Julie and I were having marriage troubles and I tried everything in my, my ability, my natural ability to, to uh, bridge that gap and she tried and we couldn't do it ourselves, I ran to the only source I know to run to and that's to God. And I, lay, I was literally in my shoe closet Put, just had to get someplace away from everything. And I was in my shoe closet for three straight. Ask Julie. I went in there. As soon as I got home, boom, I headed right. I got in that, kicked all the shoes out. And I just sat in there. Why? Because I'm going to do the word. I'm going to do the word. And I prayed for three weeks with intensity and passion and love. And I'm like, God, divorce isn't an option for me. What is the option is to fix this, and you're the only one that can fix it. I've tried everything I know to do. Julie's tried everything she knows to do. We can't figure it out. You, you need to help us figure it out. So I just intensely prayed. And I, guys, I've been in there. I've been in there for three years, if that's what it took. If you know me, anything, if you, most of you don't know me personally that well, but people who know me personally know, it, I, I'd be in there three years. I'd do whatever it took to heal my marriage. I'm going to be in there. I'm going to pray. Why? Why would I do that? Because God said to pray. You want to you develop some hope in your life? Spend a lot of time in prayer. You just get in the presence of God and start praying. Hope just, uh, some of you know what I'm talking about. You've been down and out, and you just kind of, you kind of drag your butt in there, and you go, man, God, I just need to talk to you, and you start talking to him. You start praying. Next thing you know, woo, you start, hope just starts rising. Why? Because in his presence, we begin to change. In his presence, he gives us what he has and who he is. It's hope. It's love. It's courage. It's strength. All the things that when we go hang out with him. So you got to run. you got marriage problems. You need to run into your closet. You need to get on your face. You need to stay there until there's a breakthrough. But if you don't, it, that'll be your choice. But it's a choice we all have to make. How bad do we want it? 
I didn't have another option. I didn't have another option. And I had to tell my wife, I was not living in a survival marriage. We weren't just going to survive. I refused to do that. I saw enough of that as a kid. I'm not doing it. And so I wasn't going to divorce, and I wasn't going to live in survival. And, you know, Julie hadn't shot me yet, so it wasn't death to us part. So I had only one option, and that was I got to run to my father and get serious about this thing getting fixed. And I'm just grateful it only took three weeks. And I'll never forget, I, I came out to get a drink of water because, man, I'd been intensely praying after three weeks. And I walked by Julie, and we, weren't, we couldn't even hardly look at each other without a fight or talk. So we walked by each other, and I kind of glanced at her, and she glanced at me, and I could tell something was different about her. She can tell something's different about me. And I looked at her and said, hey. <laughs> and she looked at me and she said, hey. And I could tell there was a softness about her and there was a softness about me. And man, we begin to talk right there in that moment. We're just, cro just crossing by. God had given us a breakthrough. Little did I know that after the, after the first week, Julie saw what, what was going on. She went to the other side of the house because that's kind of where we, we kind of had to draw some lines. She went to the other side of the house and she'd spent the last two weeks in prayer too. See, when you do those things, God moves. He does what he says he's gonna do. Now, it's gonna come down to how bad you want it. How bad do you want to fix it? How bad do you want to see something happen? How, how dedicated are you going to be to, in, the Bible says to intensely intercede, to passionately intercede. What does intercede mean? It means to stand in the gap, to, 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 get, get, to get in God's presence and say, God, here's my circumstance, here's you, here's me. I need you to move in this circumstance. And I'm standing right here till something happens there. You got to passionately desire it and want it and go for it and seek it. That's what the brave do. I said, that's what the brave do. The brave say, I'm not surviving. I'm not just going to get along, go along to get along. I'm going to thrive, but it's going to take courage. It's going to take bravery. It's going to take intentional actions to put yourself in those situations and make a decision. I'm praying until the breakthrough. I'm praying through the breakthrough. I'm praying until I see the breakthrough. God said to the children of Israel in the book of Micah, he said, he said pray because I'm sending the breaker. He said, he said, told the children of, of God, the children of Israel, I'm sending the breaker. They were under the captivity of the Assyrians. They were in total captivity. The Assyrians, that's where we get the, the Assyrians is where we get the word terrorist. They would terrorize people. They were torturing. They were brutalizing the Israelites. And he said that because they got intense and they repented and they said, we're ready to change and we're ready to go. He said, okay, I'm sending the breaker. And he's going to break through. He said he's going to break through and lead the way and lead you right out of that captivity. If you'll, if you'll get serious, repent, change, grow, say, God, I'm, you know I'm serious. God, you know my heart better than I know my heart. You know I'm serious. You know I mean this. You know I'm in this. Whether it's a week, three weeks, three years, ten years, whatever it takes, God, I'm here. I'm going to be here every day. I'm going to come. I'm going to keep coming.
I'm going to be like the woman Jesus talked about that had an evil judge. And, she, and, and then he, she came to ask for justice. And he said, man, I don't give a rip about justice. He said he feared not God nor man. He let alone a, a widow with no rights, no privileges, no money, no authority. She had nothing. So he just dismissed her. But she kept coming back every day, pleading her case. It got so much that he said, I better give this woman justice lest she kill me. Man, there is something to say about nagging. We will eventually cave in. But man, leave it to a woman to come and demand justice over and over and over and over and over. And there's something about God's daughters, just like my daughter and my wife move me in different ways than my sons do. There's something about God's daughters. You move him in different ways than even we do. There's something about it. But she kept coming, and he said, if an evil judge will give her justice... Because she kept coming and wouldn't quit and wouldn't give up. How much more? How much more will I give you justice? How much more will I answer your prayers? How much more will I give to you if you just keep coming and coming and coming? If an evil judge would do it, how much will a righteous, holy, all good judge do for you if you just keep coming? So we have to keep pressing in. We have to have the, the courage and the bravery to say, I don't care if it's getting worse. I don't care if it's getting worse. Man, I don't know how many circumstances God changed biblically that got worse, not better. One after another after another, it got worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. But somebody said, I don't care. I'm standing on God's promise. I don't care. God gave me his word. It can get as worse as it wants to get, but God gave me his word. I'm standing on the word. I'm standing on the word. I'm standing on the word. Oh, but it's getting worse. It's getting worse. More bad news, more bad news. Oh, I don't care. I've got good news. God promised, and I'm standing right here, and I'm not moving till I see it happen. God wants to answer prayer. He said, all of my promises are yes. That's all you need to know. He wants to say yes. He's waiting for someone to say amen. And it's, not a, it's not just, well, amen, I'll take it all. No, it's, it's got, the word amen means so be it. Otherwise, man, I'm a lock in that promise in my heart. I'm locked in. When I say so be it, I mean so be it. I'll pray till I see a break, breakthrough. Till God, man, he sent the breaker. His name is the Lord Jesus Christ. He's broke through, and now, now all we got to do is follow him. He's leading the way. Man, when I played football, I played running back. Man, I, I had great linemen my whole life. Thank God, because they blocked. Man, I'd get behind b these big-butted, big guys. And I, man, many times, I, you know, I, there's, there's something to that. And so uh, they, they would start blocking, and I could just, I'd get in right there and put my shoulder right in behind them, right on their backside, and I'd just go right behind them. They would just break through. Other times, I'd get to the hole, and I'd come, and I'd look, and it's just, oh, just open up, man. I mean, they blocked everybody, and no one would touch me. I'd just run. I'd get the touchdown. I got all the glory. They got all the, the struggle. 
But yeah, I mean, other times they just, but they were, they would, they would block, they would go before me and create opportunity. Jesus has gone before us and he is the breaker. He is the breakthrough and he's already broke through and he's opened it up to us. But we still have to do something. Hey, no matter how big that hole was, I, has to, I still had to do something. I still had to run. I had to still go run the distance. I had to be in shape enough to do it. I had to be smart enough to do it. I had to understand when it was open and where to go and what hole to run through. There was a strategy. There was a play called. There was a particular hole I had to run in, a particular place. I still had to do my part. But the breaker's already come, and he's broke through. And he said, I defeated. He said, I destroyed the law of sin and death, and now I've given you a different law, the law of the spirit of life of Christ Jesus that sets us free from the law of sin and death. He died, in Colossians it says, he, he, he completely destroyed the curse that came from Adam and Eve. He destroyed the curse and gave us the blessing as a gift. But we got to grab a hold of it. We got to believe it. We got to say so be it and, and, and run for it. That's what God expects from us. That's what the brave do. The cowardly run away. You know, in the description of the people that go to hell in Revelations, it says, the first two things it says is the unbeliever and the cowardly. Don't make it. Don't make it into heaven. The cowardly don't make it. Those who run away from the, the spiritual battles that we're, we're fighting in our families, for our wives, for our children, for our husbands, for our families, for our city, for our state, for our nation, for the world. Those who run away, they don't make it. Only the brave that run to the battle that run to the battle, willing to risk, risk it all to run to the battle because they trust that King Jesus is, the, is our leader. He's the captain of the hosts of heaven. He's our general. He's our general. He's our leader. He's the breakthrough. He's the breaker. Man, we got to trust him. Church family, we got to trust him. And the more you trust him, the more you'll walk in his blessings and his goodness. The more you'll see the strategic, the strategy he has to overcome and defeat the enemy in your life. But you got to want it. The brave want it. The brave have, they have this thing inside of them, this, this heart thing that says, I'm not backing down. I'm not backing up. I'm not giving up. I'm just going to keep on moving forward. No matter how many times you want to quit, you just don't. And don't think for a second I haven't wanted to quit. Don't think for a second I haven't wanted to cave in. Don't think for a second. Everybody's wanted to. Peter wanted to. Paul's faced it. Everybody's faced it. Jesus said, he didn't, he didn't want to quit. He said, but can we do this any other way? In our, in our humanness, we have stuff that we prefer to do than other stuff. But when we say what Jesus said, not my will, but your will be done, God. We'll see the victory. I said, we'll see the victory. We'll go through the storm and we'll go to the, we'll see the victory. Man, I, I preached the whole time. My time is up. Wow, I didn't even get to my message. 
but I hope it helped you. I hope it encouraged you. Listen, every eye closed, if you just do that, we don't do that for religious reasons. We do that to, to, to diminish distractions for you. And on, whether you're online or here, man, just close your eyes for a moment. Jesus said he's the door. He's the door. He's the door to what? He's the door to heaven. He's the door to forgiveness of your sins. He's the door to, to what real love is, what real joy is. He's the door to what real peace is. He's the door to everything good in this life and the next. He's the door. And he's the only door. There's no other door to go through. And when Jesus died and said, it is, it is finished, just like that song we sang, there's honey in the rock, there's... We sang in that song, this all started, everything he did for us started when he said it is done, it is finished. He opened the door, it's, it's not a, the door's open wide to you. It's open wide. But to pass through the door, you have to first accept and believe that Jesus came to earth because God loved us. And he came because he loved us so much. He didn't want us to die and go to hell. He didn't want us to live miserably on this planet. He wanted our lives even now in here to have meaning and purpose. He wanted to fill us with his with His Spirit, the Holy Spirit, teach us how to live differently than the world lives. How to live above it. Until we, until we pass and we, we die and we go to heaven forever. In a place that the adventure, man, man cannot describe the adventure that we have in all of eternity. It's an adventure. It's an incredible adventure. Nothing, no movies. Nothing's ever done anything close. No tech. No, no, um, no, no creative team. No, nobody's ever produced a movie or a thing that could even compare to, to the riches, the, the glory, the, the awesomeness, the adventure, the incredible display and discovery of heaven. In the life to, you know, to live on purpose here, to have a purpose, to have meaning in your life. There's, other than chasing money or chasing drugs or chasing a good time or trying to find happiness and, and man, never finding it. Gosh, can we not learn from the examples of so many people that have had, had it all, fame, fortune, and they never found joy. They never found real meaning and purpose in their lives. How many of them have to fall before we learn the lesson? How many people in your family? How many times do you have to fall until you learn the lesson? 
that until you believe that God loves you, that Jesus came to die for our sins because a holy God cannot have sin living with him and around him. So he solved the problem that we had, that we created. He solved our problem by sending Jesus to die for our sins, raising him from the dead, that we can receive forgiveness, that God gives us a gift that we don't earn. We just ask for and receive the gift of forgiveness, the gift of having our sins canceled. The gift of the Holy Spirit coming to live inside of us that changes our true nature from one of darkness on the inside to one of light. The light of God's truth instead of the darkness of deception and ugliness and secrets that haunt you and regret, despair and depression and discouragement. He wants to change all that and give you hope. Give you love, give you faith, give you power to overcome. Strength, courage, peace, peace. And the door's wide open to you, but you have to believe that he died for you. You have to believe that he loves you. You have to believe that he raised from the dead. And you have to believe that he's the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's the Lord of your life. And he won't make you believe it. He won't make you say it. He's, not, he's a God of relationship, not religion. So it has to be a choice you make. That you either believe in Him or you don't. You either accept Him as Lord or you reject Him. You either accept the mercy, grace, and love He has for you. Or you reject the mercy, grace, and love He has for you. Your choice your choice. But if tonight you've never prayed and you're watching or you're here and you've never prayed, but tonight you want to pray. I had a day like this. I had a Sunday morning just like this that that was the day I chose. I said, man, I I want God. I want what God has. I want something more. I want I want to have some meaning and some purpose only God can give me. Only my creator can give me that. Only your creator can give you that. But you have to mean it. It has to be serious. It has to be sincere. I was just sincere. I, I just sincerely wanted it. What he had to offer. And if you're sincere and you've, you've never prayed, we want to pray with you right now. Or maybe, maybe you've known him and And you've just walked away from him and you need just to come back. Just need to come home. I don't mean that you've just you've sinned and I mean you just need to repent. You just need to go to him and say, God, I I repent. I I I ask your forgiveness and I I want to change. Help me to change. But I'm talking about you've walked away from him. You've broken fellowship, as Brother Phil said Sunday, you've broken fellowship with him. And you know it, but you want to come home. I tell you, God God welcomes people with open arms. He'll welcome you as you are. But I want want you to hear this. He will not leave you as you are, as some teach. Some teach that says, man, he loves you. Just come as you are, and he's going to leave you that way. No, he's not going to leave you that way. He's going to change you. He's going to help you. He's going to grow you. 
You'll be different. You'll be better. So if that's you, you've never prayed and want to pray, or you've broken fellowship and you know it, you just want to come home, I'm going to ask you online right now, right now online, don't even hesitate. If that's you and you're going to pray with us today, send us a message right now. I'm going to pray for the first time. I'm going to pray for the next time. Send it now without hesitation. Do it now. In this room, on the count of three, I'm going to count one, two, three. I'm going to ask you to lift your hand and say, it's me, and then put it down. There's no strings attached to it. Just, I want you to acknowledge that you need him. Acknowledge online that, hey, I'm praying today. I need God. There's something about that that God honors when you acknowledge him publicly. Say, I need you. I want to be right with you. Jesus said, if you'll do that publicly, I'll acknowledge you before my Father. I'll speak your name. So let's do that. Send it online here. One, two, three. Just raise your hand up and say, it's me. I'm going to get right with God tonight. That's incredible. Thank you. You can put those hands down. Let's all pray now. Those online, those here, and even if you're praying on Friday or Saturday watching this, it's still good. God's God's still speaking to you, and this is the right time to pray. So let's all pray this together. Say this. Say, God, I believe you are God and that you love me. And you send Jesus Die for my sins. And you raised him from the dead. And he's alive. And he defeated sin. And the penalty of eternal death. To save me. To save everyone that would believe it. I believe it. And because I do, I ask that you forgive me. Of all my sins. And I receive your complete forgiveness. And I say to you, Jesus, you are the Lord Jesus Christ of my life tonight and forever. And I receive the Holy Spirit that changes me. From the inside out. Thank you for saving my life. In Jesus' name, so be it. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate the goodness of God. He's so good. God bless y'all. Thanks for listening today. If you'd like to find out more about Church on the Move, like our service times, or how you can connect with us, you can visit cotmroswell.com.